What's up, everybody? It's time for Full Draw Friday, episode number 34. We're back at it. This one's going to be a little different. Like I talked about on the last episode, we're going to do some segments and stuff. I'm going to break it up a little bit. I don't have a ton of names for these. I, I, mean, I don't have any names for the segments really right now. I'm going to come up with some of those and some sounders for them, so it'll be kind of fun to go through and do that. I just didn't have time to do that this week. So it's going to look a little bit different, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how things roll, and then we'll go from there. We're getting real close to the season starting. Uh, Austin's going to be hunting down, and Austin Stone from Tactical Approach is going to be hunting down in Kentucky this weekend. Uh, their states, Missouri and Kansas, I believe, both open up around the second week of September. I know, like, the Iowa youth season and disabled, I think they have a disabled season. It opens early in September. And then, I mean, we're only a month away here in Illinois even. We open October 1st, so we're looking forward to that, getting excited about it. But before we get into the episode, don't forget about our sponsor for Full Draw Friday, and that is Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, Rodney is going to be the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing and selling in Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. If you guys haven't heard of them, number one, you haven't been listening to much of the podcast, but either way, they're not your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 with agents like Rodney all over Illinois. They're really a local company with a national reach. For more info, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got his own company called RG Outdoors. He's got blinds and blind chairs from Radix Blinds in addition to an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust. We've got some of that in the studio. We're going to try it this fall. I'm always skeptical skeptical about scent elimination stuff, so I'm curious to see how that stuff's going to work. But if you guys want to try it too, he's got it. He's also got Tacticam trail cameras now so anything he's got if you guys are interested in it you can message them through their facebook page rg outdoors email them at rg outdoors at yahoo.com or again just call rodney directly at 618-925-3153 make sure you let them know that we sent you over there you can follow us on social media ridge hunter outdoors it's going to be on instagram and facebook the ones we use the most we do have a facebook group called rho podcast patrons if you guys want to get in there that's where we're going to ask questions we're going to get your feedback on the podcast episodes. Uh, if we have guests coming on, we'll let you know so you can ask them questions. All that kind of stuff is going to be in that Facebook group and some exclusive content. We'll probably do some giveaways in there as well, just for members of the group. RidgeHunterOutdoors.com, that's our website. Guys, go check out our all-natural whitetail scents. It's getting that time of year. We're going to have them back in stock in early October. Okay, so they're all-natural, and I try to make them fresh as possible, so I don't have any ready to go right now. But after the first week of October, be on the lookout for them to be back in stock. I'll have some. You guys got to try this stuff, whether you're running mock scrapes, whether you're spraying it on your boots to use, kind of like they did the old drag rags, whether you're just spraying it out in front of the stand to get a deer to come by and stop and check it out. It works awesome for all of that kind of stuff. We get the calming spray, too. That works really good. Uh, I know, like Nate, for example, and I do the same thing. We like to spray it on our boots, and that way, you know, we've seen deer kind of come in across where where we've walked and they might get a little bit of whiff of something funny but then they smell that calming spray calms them right down uh, they just think there's other deer in the area and then they go on about their business uh, they don't freak out like they have in the past without that stuff so make sure you're checking that out when it comes available we really appreciate that that's that's a big way you guys can support the podcast we've also got apparel on there any of that stuff we've got our own food plot seeds so if you're interested in any of that be sure to use that discount code full draw as well now to get you 10% off of everything in your first order that's all caps no space full draw for 10% off on our website richhunteroutdoors.com also 
Follow us on Apple Podcast, on Spotify. Leave us reviews there. That helps us out as well. It doesn't even cost you anything. And then our YouTube channel, subscribe to that. We're going to have a show coming to you this fall that I think is going to be really good. You guys are really going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy making it. We're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell to keep up with that. We've also got some more videos coming up uh, from the end of the summer, end of kind of the food plot planning and stuff like that. So be on the lookout there as well. Without further ado, let's get into episode number 34 of Full Draw Friday. All right, so the first segment I'm going to try to do every week, and I don't have... I'm not sure what we're going to call it, but it's going to kind of evolve with the season as well. It's going to be like a deer activity update, and then we'll call it a rut update as we get closer to that too because, you know, like we all know the rut happens at the same time every year, but it is still fun to get in here and talk about what we're seeing out there based on, you know, uh, what time of year it is and if we're seeing any chasing going on and things like that. I know guys like to hear that kind of stuff. Gets them excited about getting out there, especially those guys that are coming to hunt maybe from out of state or something or from down, down from up state. All that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that. It'll be more of a it'll become more of a rut update as we get into the season. But for right now, we're gonna call it the deer activity update. And for that, what I got for you, they're still gonna be on those summer patterns. They're gonna be on those bean fields. All the bucks still got velvet on, at least, you know, for the most part. If they don't have it, it's really early for them to not have it on. Uh, their testosterone is just gonna really start rising here over the next month or so. So by the end of the month, they'll be out of that velvet. They won't have want to have anything to do with each other for the most part, but right now they're still sticking together. You can still find them on those bean fields in the evenings or other green fields that you might have access to. So be on the lookout there if you're doing that summer scouting, late summer scouting, some of that stuff still. That's where you're going to find them. And that's going to be kind of the deer activity update, with the, what it's going to be. We're just going to tell you guys hopefully where you can find the deer, what they should be doing based on the time of year. And like I said, as we get closer to the rut, we'll give you updates on that as well. The next segment we're going to add to the Full Draw Fridays is going to be kind of a legislative news segment. So what I mean by that is I'm going to bring up, I'm going to try to find every week a new law or a law that's being introduced to try to get passed or something that's recently been passed that could affect us um, or something that's happened within the Whitetail Range. Or like this week, excuse me, I'm going to do an article. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I saw in an article um, that had to do with guys that had broken one of the laws that's already existed, uh, kind of the seriousness of it. So that'll kind of be what this legislative news segment is. Like I said, for this week, this is what I got. Three hunters from South Carolina face federal charges for bringing home a CWD-infected buck from Kansas. A lab confirmed the test results in 2019, the state reports, marking the first and only time the disease has been verified in a deer that was transported into South Carolina. The three men were arraigned in a U.S. district courtroom in Lexington County on August 29th where a judge set their bond at $20,000 apiece. If convicted of charges, they could spend up to five years in prison. This is why you don't take a chance on taking deer carcasses, any kind of brain matter, spinal cord, any of that stuff across state lines. CWD, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's not like EHD. It's not like it's not something that the deer can build immunity towards. It's not something that just happens every year naturally. They they can't survive it like they can EHD in some cases. CWD is a death sentence for deer, and there is no known cure for it. 
They're still doing a ton of research on it. The NDA is really pushing hard for funding to do more research on CWD because it is, I mean, if a deer gets it, they're going to die, and they can spread it, and it's easily easy to spread as well. So that's why you see all these kind of precautionary laws about CWD, and we've talked about it before, like, like the mineral and, and supplement sites in Illinois. You can't do that kind of stuff, which there's debate on how much that actually transmits CWD, but they're not even taking a chance with it because it is so serious for the deer herd, and it could wipe out a herd. And in these most states, I'm not aware of any, there's, there's probably some, but most states don't allow you to bring any of that stuff that could be infected across state lines. That's why if you're going from one state to another and you're taking your buck, you got to have that thing caked out. Uh, the meat's got to be separated from the bone generally, or at least from the, the spinal cord and the brain matter. So the head's got to be skinned out and all that stuff. The antlers got to be skull capped. You can't have any of that stuff bringing it across state lines because that's one of the biggest ways that it spreads. That and deer farms are actually the two biggest ways that research shows that CWD has been spreading. So when you do that and you get caught, just like those guys, you could face prison time up to five years. I don't know about you. It's not really worth it to me to spend five years in prison because I couldn't take the time to cut up a deer properly before I left and then got caught with it crossing state lines. That's just five years in prison doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me, especially for something as simple as that. So that's going to be kind of the legislative news segment. I'll find something like that, or again, new laws that are coming down, stuff that might affect us, like the trail camera stuff that we've talked about a lot, um, whether it be public land access kind of stuff, anything like that that we find interesting, we'll bring that to you every week. And then we're going to move into a habitat strategy or a hunting strategy for the week. It's going to be kind of a uh, little tip segment where this time of year, until the season gets here, we're going to talk about habitat stuff. And then once the season gets here, we'll talk about hunting strategy. So for this week, for the habitat, if you haven't got your plots sprayed yet to plant for this fall, get them sprayed because you're going to be running out of time because you need to give those things, you know, a couple weeks to die, especially if you're going to till it or disc it. So get that done if you haven't got that done yet. If you have got that done, Check your forecast. See if you got a decent chance of rain coming. Even if it's just supposed to cool down and get cloudy this time of year, that could mean there's a pop-up shower that's going to hit where your food plots are. That's a good time to get those things planted. You've got really till roughly the end of the month to get them planted and still have good good food plots for the, the fall, especially if you're planting a brassica blend, radishes, or even turnips or anything like that, uh, winter bulbs, winter wheat, if you're doing something like that too, rye, oats. So don't get too antsy about it, but at the same time, especially here in Southern Illinois, we got good soil moisture now. So especially if you're no-till drilling, now's a good time to do that because you're going to have that moisture to bring it up, and then it's going to be ready for a rain when it does come. If you're not no-tilling, you can still get out there, broadcast it, and, and when that rain does come, it's going to do the rest of the work for you. Or you can even roll it in, you know, if you're worried about that. Or if you're disking or tilling and you want to roll it in the soil, incorporate it a little bit better. Um, you can do that as well, and then when that rain comes, that'll get you what you need. But be on the lookout for those rains right now. If you can plant just before rain, a day or two ahead of it, that's the time to get them in the ground right now. It's not just because the calendar says it's between October, August 15th and September 15th. Do it around that rain. That's going to give you the best chance for success when it comes to your fall food plots. Now, the next segment is going to be every week I'm going to pull – just like we did when we started the regular episodes, what we do sometimes when we don't have guests, uh, what I've been doing on Full Draw Fridays occasionally, I'm going to pull an article, or part of an article, 
because we're not going to have time to read the whole thing because I still want to keep these in that shorter window because I want to get you guys into the weekend, get you some good info, get you pumped up about hunting the weekend if that's when you get to hunt, and then get you out of here. So I'm going to pull an article, part of an article from either North American Whitetail or Bowhunter Magazine that I think is interesting and, you know, relevant to what we're talking about or the time of year, and I'm going to hit a little bit on it, and then that way you guys can kind of have something have something from a source other than just me. And this week, that's going to be out of North American Whitetail, and it's an article called The Best Tree Stand Locations by Season, and this was by Josh Honeycutt. We've done several of his articles in the past. They're always good, always informative, and uh, you're going to have a lot of success if you follow kind of his tips. So we're going to talk about the early season first, obviously, since, like I said, for some places like Kentucky, it's here, early season, uh, ready to roll, getting hunting this weekend. But then even as we get into the middle of September, those states like Missouri and Kansas are opening up. And then beginning October, you're still going to see potentially some bucks on somewhat of a summer pattern. So the article here says the, the off-season of sadness and withdrawal from deer stand therapy is over. Deer season has arrived, and it's time to release some bullets and arrows. Of course, the latter begins first. An early archery season offers late summer and early fall opportunities at whitetails that are focused on predictable bed to feed patterns just as much of the year is just as much of the year is the key focus is food. The best summer bedding. Whitetails need different types of bedding throughout the season. When it's warm, deer seek areas that are cooler and offer reprieve from the harsh sunlight. This is commonly on north facing slopes, bottomlands, and areas that receive consistent wind flow. Early season food patterns. Whitetails are creatures of a habit. That said, individual patterns can last a few days or a few weeks. Generally, early season patterns last longer, and as the season progresses, they shorten. Finding an early season bed-to-feed pattern that target deer are using is a great way to catch a buck off guard. Isolated water sources. goes on, a mature buck can consume between 3 and 5 quarts of water per day, they get some of this from moisture-rich food sources like your green fields and whatnot, your radishes, your clovers. But this is more so during the spring and early summer. Once deer season arrives, whitetails must get more of their water intake from direct sources. This makes an isolated watering hole close to bedding an excellent place to find success. So that's one reason we talk about water holes a lot. If you don't have a pond or something nearby or a, a good-sized lake where the deer are getting water from, you can go in there and create your own water holes with even like a cattle trough, you can go in there and dig a hole and put that in. If you're digging little ponds, um, some people put tarps in them and stuff like that. It can be a really good key to success in the early season if you put those things like on your, your stands that are close to bedding or even just off of food sources. So that's another key to success uh, that you can kind of create yourself. Um, it goes on pockets of falling fruits. Whitetails love diversity, and fruit trees offer an element of that. Apples, crab apples, pears, persimmons, plums, and other fruits are excellent food sources. Deer target these heavily when they begin falling because fruits go so quickly. I've seen increased daylight movements as deer attempt to consume these great foods before they are gone. So if you've got apple trees, fruit trees, something like that, persimmons are pretty common around here. When they're falling, that's the time to hunt them, just kind of like acorns, which he goes on to here. First and last acorns. The first acorns to drop are generally... Members of the white oak family. This is good for two reasons. First, deer prefer white, white oak acorns over those of the red oak variety. Secondly, deer start hitting. Turn the page here. Hitting these as soon as they begin falling. Hunters who focus on these have higher odds of intercepting a target animal, especially if the acorns falling are concentrated in a specific area. 
Of course, once acorns start falling, the early season is fading and the pre-rut is near. And we'll get into that probably at some point, too. As we get closer to the pre-rut, we'll probably come back to this article for this segment of the Full Draw Fridays. But the acorns are a big one, um, especially in that early season. When you start getting them to fall, that's going to become a staging area for those deer. If you got those oak, white oak flats especially, those bucks are going to come out and hit that and hang out in the timber where they feel a little more secure before they go out to their destination food fields after dark. So it's going to be just the same effect as those little kill plots, we call them, or holding plots, where you might plant a little plot inside of the timber area to get them to come hold. Uh, and they'll probably even prefer those acorns to that to that food plot that you've got just because it's natural for them. They know it, um, and they really like, I mean, it's really palatable to them. And they don't get it all the time. You know, we don't have a good acorn crop every year. So when we do have a good one, that can really play a key into your success during the early season. So that's going to be it for the the magazine article segment. Again, I'll come up with better names for these at some point and sounders. Um, but that's going to be what that what that segment is going to look like. And the last one I'll end with every week, hopefully, is a question of the week. And this week, uh, I didn't get anything posted asking for a question of the week to answer, but we did just come back from the Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. So we did talk to a lot of people, and one of the questions I thought was interesting, especially for this time of year, is have you got your trail cameras out yet? If not, what time do you put them out? Now, I don't personally have mine out yet because of where I hunt. Most of the deer that I'm going to be hunting are not there yet, and the ones that are there are going to be gone. And that I think that's pretty common over the whitetail range is this time of year the deer that are on their summer patterns are not going to be in the same place once that velvet comes off and they the testosterone goes up and they start to shift. Of course, maybe one buck in the bachelor group sticks around, maybe not, maybe none of them stick around. But for me, in my experience with the places that I hunt, it doesn't do me any good to run cameras this time of year. I'll generally put them up the middle of September, and that's not necessarily for that September, end of September window, but it's so I can get in there and get out of there, and then it's left alone for two weeks before the season starts. So that just gives the deer kind of time to settle if I bump anything out while I'm going in to put that camera up, more so than it is me trying to catch something at the end of September. And now that's not to say that some might show up the last week of September that I could potentially hunt and get on that stick around because that has happened but generally for me through the summer I don't run them Nate just put his up I think last week uh, I know he's kind of in the same boat but there's places on his farm where he's got some deer that are real home bodies and they part of their summer range catches his farm as well as part of their fall range so they might be in a little different location but he's still going to see some similar bucks so to me the trail camera thing when you start running them and if you you know what time of year really depends on what you know about your deer herd. And if you don't know anything about them, then maybe start running them early, and then you'll figure that out. If you're hunting a new property, a new permission piece, or you just bought land or something, set them out there in late July or early August to figure out what's around in the summer, and then see if any of those bucks stay. If they don't, you'll know you probably don't need to get your cameras up that early next year. If they do, then you know, you know, get them out there in August. So that's going to be something, a case-by-case basis, in my opinion. That's just what I do, uh, and it could be different for everybody. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, we're going to start doing this segmented thing, so let us know what you think of it. If it absolutely sucks, we'll go back to the old way, but I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be better um, throwing a little more information at you from a few different angles. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget about this Monday's episode. we got Alex DeBoard from Talk About It Outdoors on in studio, so that's going to be a really good one. We enjoy talking with him every time we get the chance to, so I know that's going to be a good episode. So stay tuned for that on Monday. We'll see you guys then.